Good. Now, as you are aware, our theme for this year is growing in God's Word. That's what we're busy with as a church. For those that are visiting us today, we are busy reading through the New Testament, and I am enjoying it. How many of you are enjoying it? Good. Uh, it is a wonderful opportunity to be exposed to more of God's Word. And in line with our theme, I'd like to share a message with you, which I have entitled, The Bible, God's Reliable Revelation to Us. The Bible, God's Reliable Revelation to Us. Now, this message contains a fair amount of facts and information, perhaps a little bit differently from how I'd normally share but it's material that we as Christians need to be aware of. We need to know these things. We need to know what we believe and why. And with our theme of growing in God's Word, it's not just about reading the Word, but it's also about knowing something about where the Word came from and how it was inspired by God and, and the fact that it is the final authority. And if an unbeliever comes up to you and asks you some questions about the Word of God, I believe that we should be able to give some answers. Just a little one. If the person comes up to you and says, well, what does the word Bible mean? Would you even be able to tell them? And we should be able to give answers for what we believe and why. Three points that I'd like to share with you this morning. Number one. We need the special revelation that comes through the Bible. Think about that for a moment. We need the special revelation that comes through the Bible. Won't you say that with me, please? We need the special revelation that comes through the Bible. And to begin under this point, I'd like to start by saying the following, that I believe that every single person on planet Earth has an awareness of a power in the universe that is higher and greater than themselves. And as such, everyone has an awareness of God. I believe that every person on the planet also has a desire to fellowship with God and to communicate with God. Even though they may not fully understand that desire, it is there. It is within the heart of every person. Billy Graham used to say the following, that within every man's heart is a God-like vacuum. It can only be filled with the shape of the Almighty God. Many people try to fill their lives with all sorts of things, thinking that they're going to be fulfilled. But then when you come to the end of yourself and surrender to Christ, you realize that it is he and he alone that can fill that God-like vacuum. Some people try to reach God through their own efforts, through their own meditation, mental ascent, rationalization, or whatever. They try to reach God through their own efforts. But here's the thing. Sin has made it impossible to break through. We cannot break through because of sin, but we need God's help. Specifically, we need special revelation. Would you say special revelation? That's what we need. Because the human man can't get through to God. 
And it says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14, it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the natural man can't make sense of it, can't break through. But God in his great love has given us special revelation. He has given us special revelation of his nature. He has given us special revelation of his plan of salvation. And this revelation is given to us through the word of God, the Bible, the written word of God. Can you say amen? Now, let's look at briefly just two types of revelation. The first one is general revelation. Under general revelation, I'd like to say this, that we can all have some degree of knowledge of God by general revelation. And this means that you can become aware of God through some of the things around about you. For instance, nature can make one more aware of God. Another one is history. Do you know that as you look at history and nations rising and falling, it can tell you something about God because you see that the nations that are more wicked tend to crumble. And the nations that are less wicked tend to rise. And as you look at these things in history, you can begin to make certain deductions about God. But also, I mentioned nature. And this is a beautiful one where we can see God through nature in a general revelatory sense. If you think of things like trees, flowers, butterflies, Birds, animals, clouds, things like this, all part of God's wonderful creation. And what do they do? They are actually pointing us to the creator. If you look at the amazing design of the wings of a butterfly, as you look at that, you should begin to think, well, there's design. Somebody must have designed this, and it should point and direct you to the creator. Sadly, some people are so taken up with the creation that they begin to worship it. They begin to worship the moon. They begin to worship the stars or the sun. No, no, no. Don't worship the creation. Worship the creator. Those things are just meant to direct you to the creator. In Romans 1 verse 20, it's on your screen. It says there, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, those are God's attributes, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. So in other words, the things that are made as you're looking around in the world at the things which are created, they are speaking to you and pointing you to God's invisible attributes. Creation is certainly speaking. And so this general revelation of God is meant to draw us to search for God. It's meant to draw us to long for Him more and more and to point us to Him. Then you also get special revelation. Please say special revelation. And specifically, I'm referring to special revelation through the Bible. We cannot find God on our own. We need His help. And we need the special written revelation of the Bible. Amen? Amen. 
Now, in terms of the Bible, do you know what the word Bible actually means? If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I know you're a Christian, Bible, what does this thing Bible mean? Bible actually means book, and it comes from the Greek word biblos, B-I-B-L-O-S, and it simply means book. So when you say holy Bible, you are saying holy book. However, the word Bible as we know it today refers to the recognized record of divine revelation. Now, the most important difference between general revelation and special revelation is this. Special revelation makes known God's plan of salvation. His plan to redeem mankind. His plan to save people from sin. And this is something that you and I simply have to know. And God has graciously revealed it to us through his word, praise the Lord. And let me tell you folks, that's why Bibles are so important. Do you believe that? Bibles are so important because they show the plan of God for salvation, which we as people need to know. Do you know that more than a billion people still do not have a Bible in their own language? That's current figures. More than a billion people out of approximately 7.2 billion on the planet do not have their own Bible. I think of one of our members, her name's Laura, and she began to reach out recently to what is called the Zama Zama informal settlement on the outskirts of Pretoria. She began to reach out there recently doing just some social upliftment and trying to care and do things for the community. And then one day as she was busy ministering there, a real elderly African man came up to her and said, please, ma'am, could I have a Bible? I think this may have even been at the start of January. And so she thought, well, she'll get him a Bible. And the next time she came, she brought him a Bible. And suddenly there's a tremendous hunger from that little community for Bibles so that she's been dishing out a whole lot of Bibles. The church recently donated 180 brand new Bibles in different languages for her to give out, and Lord has already given that out. Maybe some of you want to contribute to, to more of those Bibles going out. And she came and saw me because she was struck by this, because here we are dealing with growing in God's Word since the beginning of the year. And she said, it's only been since the beginning of the year that this tremendous hunger is present. And she's conducting Bible studies as a white Canadian lady with African men She's conducting a men's Bible study, and she goes and ministers there. Isn't that amazing? Can we give the Lord a hand for what he's doing? Amazing. So she goes and loves on these people, but let me tell you this. The Bible changes people. The Bible does change people. Why don't you say this after me? God has given me special revelation. He has shown me his plan of salvation through his written word, the Bible. Good. So that's number one. We need the special revelation that comes through the Bible. Let's go on to point number two of three points I'm sharing with you. How the Bible came into existence. And this is important for us as believers to know. Now, to start off with a question, well, 
Who actually wrote the Bible? If somebody came up to you at your place of employment and said, who wrote the Bible? How would you answer them? Well, actually, ultimately, God authored the Bible. He did, however, use human writers to actually record it. He didn't use them like robots, but he allowed their unique personalities and styles to come through in the writing, but it was solidly the Word of God that came through. And everything that God wanted to say in the Bible was said. Nothing was included that God did not want to be included One theologian put it this way, and it's on your screen. God spoke to chosen men and moved them to record his revelation. A scripture that we need to look at is in 2 Peter 1 and verse 21, reading from the NIV translation. It says, prophets, though human, spoke from God. Please say those three words, spoke from God. And were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? You know, sometimes when we're having times of free worship and and different of the worship leaders are having a time when we're just singing prophetic song unto the Lord, for us it feels as though we are being carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's very beautiful. And how much more were these men of God being carried about, carried along by the Holy Spirit? Now, it is abundantly clear that the Bible is God's written communication to mankind. Let me say one or two things just to back up what I'm saying. We find these words, thus says the Lord. How many times in the Bible? More than 400 times in the Bible. Thus says the Lord. It is God speaking. The Bible often refers to itself as The Word of God. I think it's about 44 times where it specifically says the Word of God. We're also told in Deuteronomy 8 and in Matthew 4 that the Scriptures, listen to this, proceed from the mouth of God. So yes, the Bible is God's written communication and revelation to mankind. Now, the Bible's written over many years. To be exact, it was written over a period of 1,600 years. That's quite a long time, isn't it? And in terms of when it began and when it was sort of completed, the oldest book in the Bible, how many of you can take a guess which is the oldest book in the Bible? Rubob, rubob. Can I hear an answer? Genesis, Job. Well, some say Genesis, most would agree that Job is the oldest book in the Bible, and it was written approximately 1500 BC. That's a long time ago. The newest book in the Bible is the book of Revelation, and it was written after Jesus had been on earth. It was written at about AD 100 is when the newest book of the Bible was written, Revelation. So over 1,600 years, this took place. The Bible was written by approximately 40 authors, 40 men. And it was written by men of varied backgrounds. I love the fact that God used all sorts of people to write the Bible, not just kings, not just prophets, not just priests, 
But God used people like tax collectors. He used fishermen. He used tent makers. He used shepherds. He used doctors. I love the fact that God brought his word through many different people. One commentator says the following, despite being penned by many different authors over 16 centuries, the Bible does not contradict itself and does not contain errors. That's because God was presiding over the writing and the recording of the Bible. Now, when we talk about the Bible being God's spoken word, there is a scripture that you will definitely end up coming to, and here it is, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. And here it says, all scripture is given, look at these four words, by inspiration of God. Please say those four words with me, by inspiration of God. God inspired it, God spoke it, God breathed it. All scripture, he breathed it into existence because he knew that you and I would need it. And so it was given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Won't you please say this after me? I believe that all scripture is given to us by inspiration of God. Now nudge the person next to you and tell him, tell him or her, it's inspired by God. Tell them that. It's inspired by God. Now let me tell you, the devil has tried to destroy the word of God countless times. But every time God's word has triumphed, the almighty God cannot be stopped. His kingdom is advancing. The word of God is going forth. The truth is marching forth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord that the word is triumphing. The almighty God cannot be stopped. And it is estimated that over 6 billion copies of the Bible have been printed. By comparison, the Quran is just 800 million. Currently, every year, over 100 million Bibles are sold around the world. It's so wonderful to see God's kingdom advancing. And so the Bible is undeniably the most widely distributed and best-selling book of all time. It is the world's most popular book. And if you say, well, did God get his message out? I want to say absolutely God got his message out. That special revelation had to come out. And today it's the most popular book in the world. And I would expect nothing less from the Almighty God. Amen. Praise God. Now, point number three. The Bible is the final authority for faith, doctrine, and life. Would you please say that with me? The Bible is the final authority for faith, doctrine, and life. Do you feel that you can say that really from your heart? Good. Take note of the words, final authority. There is no higher recourse. You know, in different courts, you can go to from this court and you can appeal it to this court and appeal it to the constitutional court and so on. There's no higher appeal than the courts of heaven through the word of God. It is the final authority. Let me tell you, 
The Bible is better than my opinions. The Bible is better than your opinions. The Bible is better than church traditions. And listen to this. The Bible is far superior to human wisdom. I emphasize the human wisdom because I want to know, do you really believe that? That it's superior to human wisdom. Let me say something on this, which might test if you really believe what you just said. They say that a brilliant person passed away this week. Brilliant by whose standards? By human wisdom or by the wisdom of God? We need to ask these questions because God's word is the final authority. This man was a self-confessed atheist. He said, there is no God. He said, there is no afterlife. I find it peculiar. It actually gets me angry in a sense. How can a finite man dangle his finger at the infinite, almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, and say, you don't exist? Let me tell you, people, God will not be mocked. Let God be true and every man a liar. Because my Bible says the following. It says in Psalm 14 verse 1 that the fool says in, the, in his heart, there is no God. So who's right? God's right. The Bible is right. The final authority is right. And I want to say to you, when it comes to people's popular opinion... You go to the opinion of the Word of God. You say, well, I'm an ambassador of Christ. I don't, I'm not entitled to my own opinion. My opinion is what God says goes. Say amen. Come on. Good. So do you see God's Word as the ultimate authority in your life? I trust you can say a wholehearted yes. For me, it is a yes. If you show me something in my life where I am doing something wrong and you show me from Scripture, I will change. I will have to change because God's word is supreme for faith, doctrine, and life. Now, let's take a look at our statement of faith. There's a little paragraph that's on your screen right now that I'd like to highlight with regards to the statement of faith. It says, the scriptures, in their original form, both Old and New Testament are divinely inspired and are the revelation of God to men. All scripture is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit inspired the authors, revealing to them what he wanted written. These scriptures are infallible truth, containing no contradiction or error, and it is the final authority for faith, doctrine, and life. There it is. That's what we believe. And as Bible-believing Christians, folks, this is our commitment to the Word of God. Amen? Now, the scripture I read earlier, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, I'd like to look at that, and verse 17 from the Amplified Bible, the classic edition. Uh, this to me is put across so beautifully. And as we read this now, just appreciate the power of God's Word to do a transforming work in your life. It says there, Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for reproof, 
and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for, I like this, training in righteousness. In other words, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. So that, here's the output, the man of God may be complete, the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you see the effect of the Word of God in your life? No wonder it says in Psalm chapter 1, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on the law of the Lord he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. That's what the Bible says, because God's word, as we take it and apply it by the power of the Holy Spirit, it has a transforming effect. And reading the word of God this year, the New Testament, it has a transforming effect. If you allow the Holy Spirit to make it alive to you, it transforms you. Tell the person next to you, not the purple person next to you. (laughs) Tell the person next to you, God's word transforms you. Tell them that. It transforms you. And so this scripture is wonderful. It means that scripture is given to us so that we can be trained and equipped to live successfully. And if you're not living successfully right now, I want to say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and you will begin to see more of the blessing and prospering that the word of God promises. And so listen to this. Do you know there's actually no need for any other book? Scripture is sufficient. Because in Scripture, we find all that we need to know concerning life and godliness. Now, it is wonderful to have many other books that help to explain aspects of the Word and apply it to your life and sort of make it real. Praise God for that. But if we didn't have another book, we could be complete in Him through studying what God says in His Word. Say amen, please. Now, one theologian said the following. When the Bible clearly reveals a truth, We believe it with all our hearts. When the Bible clearly commands us to do something, we make sure we do it. And this keeps us from being blown back and forth by every wind of doctrine. You see, the Word of God establishes you. Now, let me say this. Because the Word of God is the final authority, when it says something, it's not a debate. It's a decision. Do you hear me? When the word, you were a little bit quiet there. You're still still okay. When the word of God says something, it's not a debate. It's a decision. It's a declaration from the word of God. Now, the Bible says, Jesus is coming again. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. That's what the Bible says. The word of God is our final authority. So therefore, we believe with all our hearts that Jesus is coming again. This is what it means that it's the final authority. Let me give you another example. This one might cut closer to the bone. But the Bible says that we are all created in the image and the likeness of God. The Bible is our final authority. Therefore, we believe racism is unrighteous. 
There's too much racism going on in our nation. And I want to tell you, our final authority from which we take our cue is the Word of God. And God says that we've all been created in the image and the likeness of God. Therefore, we choose to love one another. And may you, sir, ma'am, may you, young person, older person, I want to encourage you that you be an instrument of hope and of healing and of right thinking and declaration in this nation. Because... The word of God is what you have submitted to. It is your final authority. Please say amen. amen. Now, the last scripture that we're going to look at is Joshua 1 verse 8. I'm drawing to a close. And it speaks about the, the book of God and how important it is. It says, this book of the law, we can say the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth. Take note of that mouth, the confession of your faith. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Anybody want to prosper some more? And then you will have good success. I want to tell you, following the word of God does promise us that we will experience the abundance of God. And we, we will experience good success. And so as I draw to a close today, I want to submit the following to you. That the Bible is the most sensible thing to believe in and follow. Because God's word is number one, eternal. It is number two, perfect. And it is number three, trustworthy. Now put your hands together and thank the Lord for his goodness. Hallelujah for the word of God. Why don't you stand with me as we pray? Perhaps you'd like to take the hand of the person next to you who is made in the image of God. Father, thank you for today. Lord, there is no doubt that you, mighty Spirit of God, have been at work in this place today. And we say, Lord, please keep working in our lives. Please keep working in the services here because we want to burn with the fire of God. And now, Lord, in line with this message, we thank you for your special revelation to us that you have shown us that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You have shown us your nature and your plan of salvation. And we declare in a new, resolute kind of way in our hearts that the Word of God is the final and ultimate authority in our lives. We submit to your counsel and we submit to the inspired scriptures of the Old and the New Testament. In Jesus' mighty name, and we all say, Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord one more hand of praise. God bless you.